from her own lips. From her own lips. This. From her own lips. The red lips. These red lips. Flowers with flames. From her own lips. And we're back with another episode of From Her Own Lips. This is Anyeka. And it's me, your favorite auntie. How's it, kids? How's it? <laughs> How are you doing? Um, As well as can be expected, I guess. How are you? I'm good. I'm yeah. like struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, Man. Okay. How are you doing, friend? How are you? What's going on? I'm fine. I mean, under the circumstances, it's been a, an intense couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it feels like every day there's like some new issue, like. Something else to cry about. Something. Oh, Liz. Oh my God. You will not believe. Like when everything first happened with George Floyd, I was like, I don't need to watch the video. Like I believe what everybody else is talking about. I don't need to watch the video. And I thought I would be fine. And then I started going to the protest and I got injured. And then I just like the Monday after the protest had just started that weekend, I like was in my room and well, I kid you not, I looked at this um, video of people protesting in New Zealand and I just started crying like a baby. I was just yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. People realize that this shit is fucked up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you'd have it's, to be a, a, an actual crackhead not to realize that this is really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I throw but around crackhead a lot. <laughs> but you'd be amazed to see how people like rationalize the killing of, pe- of black bodies. Yeah. I think that has been the frightening part of it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to teach myself to stay off of like Twitter and like social media because I deleted that shit. <laughs> because before you know it, you're in like a wonderland of crap. Yeah, that like people and the our president, all this stuff, like it's crazy. And it's I think part of it is like being able to figure out you know how you heal in the process, but you're also fighting how you take care of yourself and like how you heal and all this stuff. Yeah, and These I think it's hard. like. I think for me, like the biggest lesson, and I think what I'm trying to inculcate in a lot of my friends who are actually doing the work, like who are actually involved in the activist space in a way that I can't even begin to imagine, like it's okay to choose to not participate. Like I think there's this like, I think there are days where you just cannot and that's also okay. Like because it's overwhelming and I said this on a talk that I did a while ago where I was like, for like for us, this is not like a, an intellectual exercise. It's mm. not like a a think piece. Mm. Like it's our fucking lives. <laughs> like, like it's not like you don't write an article and like look at it purely academically. Like there's an, a lot of intense emotions and it's so triggering. And I think people have to be radical about their self-care um at this time because it's a lot and so for me I deleted Twitter and I've blocked and unfollowed many people on Instagram as well because I was like you know what some of these white people are kind of wild and I just cannot so I need space <laughs> yeah 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 I think it's crazy because you think like like what you're saying like it's not a think piece like this is people's reality and it I think for me the thing that has been the most annoying in many ways is seeing all these white people that are like oh my god I didn't know racism was this bad like what how (laughs) many hashtags have we had 
Are you kidding? Oh, you didn't my God. Like people asking, oh, what are some books that I can read? Like no. to learn about racism. Like you all, you go to, we all went to colleges together. I mean, a lot of us, right? Like we went to school with each other. We went to high schools with each other, all this stuff. Like we're interacting with people of color every single day. And you are not creating the space to learn from the people of color near you. But now you want to, now you want to like read a, a book. That's so what that you can do. It and then you'll be reading the book and be like, oh, but what is the data behind this? Is this all black people? But my black friend said this. Oh my God, Liz. Uh, I'm thinking about I, this girl that I went to high school with. She, you know, originally she told people when we were in high school, when I got into college, that the reason why I got into college was because of affirmative action. And she, but she didn't say it to me. She said it at a party. Mind you, we were all in the same friend group. Set it at a party. And then my freshman year of college, um, I was minding my business in the library. I would never forget this. I was just sitting there minding my business. I got a text message and I was like, and the text message read, um, did you see Antoinette's Facebook uh, photo? Give me a break, please. And at the time, like, I still remember sitting in the library and I was like, what, is, like, one, why is this person texting me? But also, what is happening? What does this message mean? And then it finally clicked that she was talking about me. It just took me a second. <laughs> I just she was talking about me. <laughs> my name didn't go away. But then I go to her Facebook, and my picture was a Black Lives Matter picture. Um, and it, it was because the Trayvon Martin decision had just come out that summer. Mm. And so I left it up. Mm. Because, um, of course, you know, there was no justice in that either. Um, so I left it up. And so and so <laughs> when I think about it, I'm like, oh, my God. But this same person today, the, the recently, has been posting, like, Black Lives Matter. She posted a Black Square, all this stuff. And it's crazy because at the same time, like, I understand, like, people do, like, everyone has a personal journey, right? Like, everyone's process is different. But like in order for you to get to your process, you went through a process of an of like of negating me, right? Like, and I was supposed to be your friend. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like it's weird because it's like, I feel like it it's not like a purposeful harm, right? By posting. Like, I'm happy that she got to this place where she like understand that Black Lives Matter and they're like all these You think she did. We don't know. I think she did. We don't know. Um, but like it still hurt me because it's like, fuck, like, I feel like I am owed an apology before yeah. you even put up there. Yeah. I feel like I'm owed an apology because yeah. you did you did harm to me that I don't even know what, it, like, I couldn't identify that harm, yeah. but I know that harm to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy because even when she realized that she texted, she goes, oh, I, this wasn't meant for you, it was meant for Caroline. Of course it wasn't because you're a racist. <laughs> <laughs> of course it wasn't meant for me. I'm black and you're racist. Obviously, the text wasn't meant for me, sweetie. Like, I figured that out as soon as you sent that text. Like, I knew. <laughs> like, I knew. And you know what? Like, I think also for me, the one thing that I realized with all of this, like, social media thing and whatever, is that, like, I've really cleaned house with the people that mm. I went to high school with, especially white people. Mm. I've cleaned house. I don't have most of those people, I don't have them on my, on my, Instagram, I mean, Facebook is like the cesspit, so I don't really care who's on my Facebook, but a lot of them have, a lot of them have blocked me and unfollowed me anyway, because they called me racist in high school and a whole lot of other racist shit that I had to put up with. And like, I feel like you're entitled to, I think it's okay for black people to be suspect of those kinds of white people. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think it's perfectly okay. Like, I, I know we're always expected to rise above it, but shit, no. Like, I have to rise above anything. Like, I need people to understand that we have been rising, like, collect from the rising above that my ancestors did. Like, I don't need to rise mm-hmm. above shit. Like, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's personal. Like, cool, you've gone on your personal journey. But if she, and here's my thing, if she had genuinely, like, done the work that is required mm-hmm. to really be in a different place and in a different space, then she would have apologized to you. Mm-hmm. Like there, there would have been a conversation to be had. So for me, her posting squares and like reposting Black Lives Matter, cool story. But like, <laughs> I just feel 
I just feel like you you don't have to accept that as changed behavior or as a signal. Like I know a lot of people who have been posting squares and I'm like, you, like I can, and Jesus can forgive me, please Lord. But I can put it on my life that those people have not changed mm. and that those people are still going to be saying some hella, hella wild racist things. But because they're not calling you the N word or the K word, they think it's okay. So, in conclusion, you don't need to forgive that girl. It's okay. <laughs> that is the conclusion to my very long story. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. We don't it's owe kind of- white people forgiveness, guys. Like, I keep saying this to people, like, we have been forgiving. Like, black people have been forgiving for centuries. Like, the fact that we haven't, like, there hasn't been, like, a global rebellion is like insane to me. And I don't think, like, I think this thing of like policing black pain and policing like black pain, black, black pain, like for us as a collective, but also individual black pain. And like, we're expected to consistently turn the other cheek. Oh, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm sorry. Like it's tiring. It's tiring. And it's, it's, it's also plays into us like being policed. Mm. Like your rage is policed, your pain is policed. Like be the better person. Wow, we worked. Every time we worked for free for centuries. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how much better we can be. And that's the thing, right? Like I think it's so like, and that's a part of the conversations that's been happening here. Is like, oh, um, people have been saying things like, oh. With at least with the riots and the violence, I'm like, how are you surprised that there are riots and violence in the first place? Like, why is that something that is surprising you at this point in time? Like, how often did people peacefully protest every other day before you all realized, like, oh, maybe we should listen to them, right? Like Trayvon Martin, I went to college in 2013. We're talking about Trayvon Martin is 2013. Mm. 2013, we are in 2020. It took seven years to get white people angry enough to realize that this is a problem. To right? get to them be angry like, enough to post black squares. Mm-hmm. To post black squares, girl. That's, oh my God. <laughs> angry enough to post black squares. I just want us to be clear on that. Listen. When we, when I was the other day in my team meeting with my boss, she goes, oh, we, we had this report that we wrote. She was like, okay, I'm going to publish it now, but I won't repost it on social media because it's Blackout Tuesday. And I was like, <laughs> 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 that was last week Tuesday. I was like, is that something, for, is that ongoing in my head? Because <laughs> <laughs> uncomfortable for me (laughs) do it again (laughs) do it again (laughs) I understand and I understand that there were some there's supposed to be like some financial implications to it when we first, when people first did it, which was like, you don't buy anything, all this stuff. But I did not post a square. And I felt like my black ass did not need to post a square yeah. because I'm black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I blocking out? Like, I am black. I have to live this shit every single day. Like, every other day, I have to watch a video of some black person dying yeah. for no reason. Like, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that, like, People and then to hear people like um, Al Sharpton and and Ti and all these stupid people. I'm like, this is we- our city. I saw the Ti one. This is our city. Don't destroy our city. Condoles. <laughs> so you can walk back into your gated community. Okay, Ti. It's because and there's the thing like. Atlanta, uh, Atlanta is a really wealthy black suburb. It's one of the richest ones, but not everybody is living that yeah. wealthy rich. Life. Yeah. And those celebrities, those black Atlanta celebrities that are living in this space, they've forgotten what it means to be a regular ass person who more than likely like is unemployed because of coronavirus and mm-hmm. the and the lockdown. Like, and that's the thing is like people to me are. Sh- I feel like I didn't need to go to school to look around me, think about the context in which everything is happening to understand why there's violence. Like, yeah, mm. the people that are running through 
through Chanel are not necessarily running through Chanel in the name of George Floyd. They're probably angry about a whole lot of shit. Mm. For example, do you think they're going to keep, you think they're just handing those bags out to their girlfriends? Do you think that's <laughs> they're going to they're gonna sell them back to you. Exactly. exactly. They're going to sell them back Come to on, the wealthy people at a discount. You got to be smarter than this. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense for you to be thinking in your mind, oh, they're not doing, this is not for George Floyd. Do you think that George Floyd died in a vacuum? Yeah. Or is it George Floyd plus the billions of other Black people that have died, plus unemployment, plus, like, structural inequalities within mm. communities, like, mm. like, food deserts and all this shit? Like, come on now. We gotta be smarter than this. We can't be talking, saying all this. The, the thing is, like, what I'm, I'm starting to learn is that there's a huge mm-hmm. kind of desire to protect self as well mm-hmm. in terms of that specific realm of, like, the cl- that specific class of Black people and mm-hmm. wanting to protect your space and protect your position and protect your assets because they're like, you're attacking our businesses. I'm like, when you're poor... There's no sign on the door that says, if there's no, there's no sign that says black business and you're starving, like you're not thinking about that. You're trying to survive. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, people at some point need to really apply their minds. Like just try a little bit, like 2% more. And I think you're perfectly right in that. Like you don't need to go to school. You just need to not be an asshole. Mm-hmm. You need to just like, not be an asshole and actually just be in tune. And Look back at where you come from. Like, to me, it's mm-hmm. wild because some of these rappers and even some of these reality housewives who, like, reality housewives, reality stars who've been s- just saying the wildest shit about these protests. Like, I'm like, for you, you need to blink and you're, you, mm-hmm. you are out of that gated community and back where you started with the rest of us, okay? Like, you need to... It's like what level of it? It's a very weird psychology that is playing itself out there, and I think like we need to, they need to do the work of like thinking through and understanding like this is where you come from, like you just need to stretch your arm and you'll touch a cousin who's still living that reality. (laughs) Like you don't have to look far as a black person, like anywhere in the world, you do not have to look far as a as a black person, as a person of color, to be able to see somebody who. Isn't necessary, who isn't just your friend, but who is connected to you by blood, whose experiences are still caught up, not just in racial struggles, but in class struggles. And like, mm-hmm. we need to be aware of that. And like, I keep mm-hmm. saying to people, in, in South Africa, there's this weird culture of like, because a lot of us have been able to, not a lot, very few of black families have been able to work their way out of, the system even though a lot of us are actually just living paycheck to paycheck in reality and like you forget like why are they looting and burning like this exists in a broader in a bigger system sweetie Mm -hmm. and you (laughs) you sneeze you sneeze wrong and you're back in the hood like that is that is the nature of the black existence and like people need to not forget that People, oh my God, Liz, let me tell you the types of, cele- but the types of things that I've listened to celebrities say during this time, I'm just so loud to- and so wrong. So loud and so <laughs> wrong. It's like, hey, Liz, we literally had one woman say Rosa Parks could have taken a black owned cab. <laughs> no, like- no. Who said it? Who said it? The guy from Dope. Did you ever watch the movie Dope? What's his name? Uh, I don't Shamik know. Moore. My man said, First, first, the part of the problem is he woke up in the morning and he woke up in the morning to basically say that like, oh, we got to stop making the happy. We got to stop causing these things on ourselves. Basically trying to blame George Floyd and anybody else who died by police um, for what happened to them. So, of course, he got dragged, girl, because this was like day one of problems. Drag, 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 drag. He didn't have enough. <laughs> played my thing. I'm going to go on Instagram live with some fans. I'm going to explain what I was saying. This man proceeds to say Rosa Parks <laughs> could have taken a black-owned cab. <laughs> and it was at that moment, Liz, that I realized, I was like, you know what? Like, school education is so important. <laughs> because how could someone say Rosa Parks 
Park should have taken a black owned cab. Do you even, do you not even understand why she was on the bus? Man, <laughs> all along for her to be on the bus? Like, like you didn't, what? <laughs> And that's what, those are the kinds of people who like, yeah, you know what? Actually, never mind. But <laughs> no, I'm not trying to do that Girl. today. My, like, but like, I, I also was saying to people, and if we're drawing parallels between the police brutality that we've witnessed in um, the States and the kind of police brutality we witness in South Africa every day, but I think has experienced like an increased spotlight at this time has been really revealing in that racism is systemic, right? And so just because you you replace the executors with a different color, right? Now the ex- executors in the South African case, the National Defense Force and the police force are predominantly black. But the people mm. who are being murdered by the police force are black people. And so you begin to observe in that case how if you don't actually fix the underlying system that devalues black bodies, you'll just perpetuate the same thing right because this because mm-hmm. the system is inherently racist and undervalues black people the black bodies that are put in place to police our existence are still mm-hmm. going to perpetuate the same kind of violence and like we saw a video of a white woman who was clearly breaking lockdown regulation in south africa she was screaming hollering and she was carried into the back of the police van just fine by two police officers Screaming, and she had broken the law like she had broken the law switched to a black man in the townships of south africa who was murdered in his yard he was drinking in his yard and was murdered by um the defense force and we see so many images of white people completely having disregard for the lockdown regulations and still making it out alive and not humiliated. Whereas we've observed black people being humiliated, like being forced to do just the worst kinds of things by these black enforce, enforcers of the law. And, and, I, and it reveals to all of us just how, how systemic the racism is. So apartheid is gone, but the system in which we exist in is still incredibly racist we have a government in power that is that is black but black people are still by by and large in this country the face of poverty the face of exclusion the um um overly represented in um in all spheres of social exclusion and, and oppression and so people need to stop being stupid is basically what i'm trying to say like and if you re, if you actually just bothered to apply your mind to contexts broader than your own, you'd actually begin to understand that just getting a black-owned cab is not enough. <laughs> like <laughs> that is not that isn't a solution. Like that is not. But also the fact that it was planned for Rosa to get on the bus at that time and to not sit where she sat, to sit where she sat, right? Like, like that's a, that's a part of the history that people, this is why education is so important. Mm. It's like, do you think, like, first of all, even, okay, even if it wasn't planned, right? Like, the purpose of her sitting where she sat on that bus on that day was so that we would have the right to sit anywhere on any bus without being discriminated against just because we were black. Like, like I, it's strange to me that he would think, oh no, she could have taken a black owned cab. Like, it's just crazy. But he's, so it started with Shamik and, and <laughs> where we got was Trina calling the looters in Miami animals. And yeah, like, I saw that. He was like, girl she said oh i don't have to worry about um getting killed by the police because i got my license of registration really how many black people really? have been girl, killed you live in florida trayvon martin died because he had a bag of skittles honestly what then it's and then they all put out the same apology that's like I've been struggling to come up with the words. I take responsibility. Oh, you should have taken responsibility to shut the fuck up. Honestly, I just want all of them to be quiet. It's like, but that's the thing. That's the reminder, right? Like we can, we have to stop turning to celebrities for any type of social justice guidance. Like even Beyonce, that little video she put out, I was like, Beyonce, girl. Oh, uh, we already know. I just wish Beyonce wouldn't speak. She must just I was like, sing. Up. <laughs> I think maybe I just, sang if she sang. 
it would have hang the statement it could have been better and i love beyonce beehive please don't come for me i am a card carrying member of the beehive but like i was like girl this this just didn't arise to the occasion we are what what in the beautiful kumbaya was that (laughs) i was like out here dying they're tear gassing protesters they're but shooting it's also, people it's like a double-edged sword for them because sometimes you're like yeah. you want you want the high profile ones especially because it's yeah. always the, it's always the raggedy ones like trina who say something mm-hmm. like but the, you want the high profile people like the oprah's and the beyonce's and the mm-hmm. what's that guy who makes terrible movies tyler Perry. yeah kind you want those Not those people to say something right like, mm-hmm. but then like you just wish they would say it a certain way like, not like that <laughs> say it a different way <laughs> but even if the thing okay so the other thing that i've been thinking about is like i'm not okay and hopefully people don't get upset at me like i think it's great that these celebrities are throwing money and like giving money where it's needed all this stuff but like i want to just say that like we can't allow the fact that we that we see celebrities throw money at a situation please us right and forget the fact that like people like kanye west were just the other day having tea with donald trump wearing maga hats right like and what does that mean right for a black man at his place in life to be supporting a man that not only stands for racism but believes that the kkk are very fine people Mm -hmm. um it's like like at the one hand like i'm very happy that he gave money like that's great Right. But like we can't just like people think it's just about money. It's not just about money. Like I want to see you the same way you used your mouth to say ignorant shit. I want you to see I want to see you use that same mouth to 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 read and like tell people the truth. Right. And like tell your people that like tell uh, tell our people and be leaders in some ways. Like. Right. Like it's not just about throwing money at a situation like even future like future donating money. I'm like future. You donated money, but just the other day you called one of your baby mamas an animal, a black woman, right? Like, and it, it, those are the types of things that like irk me because it's like, great, you gave money, but I'm not going to give you a cookie for that. Mm, I agree. Right? Because it was a- oh, shit. And remember, have you seen the video with all the white celebrities? <laughs> I take responsibility. I take- that was the funniest. <laughs> no, Bell wrote a. She wrote a children's book about the purple people. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot make this shit up. Sometimes they were not purple. They were not purple people. I was actually thinking that the day of all the bullshit like nursery rhymes we used to sing about yellow, green, blue, like. We love red, yellow, green. I don't care if you're red, green, yellow, purple, blue. I'm like, those people don't exist, sweetie. (laughs) Who is red? Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess we could argue for red, you know, when certain people are in the sun. But no, purple people don't exist. Like, I don't know who you're talking about, but they don't exist here. No. And no, no one is buying your book. Thank you. Close the shop, ma'am. Goodbye. Go write another one. Go write another. Oh, speaking of books. Oh my gosh, I don't want to deter from this very important topic, but um, it's at the top of my mind. With uh, what's her name? Shit. Uh, B. Is it B. Scott? B. Something. The one who plagiarized. B. B. Simone. (laughs) Guys, we don't all have to write books. (laughs) Oh my God, Liz, it's embarrassing. Who asked her to write a book? No one. I can tell you that now. No one ever tweeted her to say, please write a book. No one ever. She didn't have to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see what the book looks like? (laughs) No. Boots of paper stapled together. It's a little church paper. (laughs) But on top of it, girl, you stole it from other people? But she wasn't even smart enough to, like, okay, let's say it was her design. You know what? I, do you know what I actually do believe? I the do believe. I believe, hold on. I don't, I'm not talking about the design. I'm talking about, I believe that she had nothing to do with that book. Absolutely nothing. She, 
She picked put her name on it. She picked the cover and was like, let's re- look through it when it's ready. That is what she did. So I believe her in that mm. regard. She had no idea what was going on between the pages of that book <laughs> until it was printed. So I believe her when it comes to that. But sis, it's so embarrassing. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Part of the reason why people are taking this so hard because she told Nick Cannon that she couldn't date no regular nine to five nigga because she up till 3 a.m. So <laughs> the internet is having a field day. Plagiarizing is a lot of work, okay? Like, she's like, oh, I saw, I watched her apology and fuck, I was howling. I literally had tears in my eyes because I was like, what a non apology. This girl doesn't give a fuck. She's just like, oh, I responsibility. <laughs> like, you know, I had my team right. I was like, but it's your book. It's, and she's like, I am the CEO, I am the captain, so I take full responsibility. You should have taken responsibility while they were writing that book, sis. That is response. I mean, there are free plagiarism thinkers. She's always talking about she's a millionaire. She couldn't download an, a plagiarism app and just check that book. Please, come on. Oh, stop stealing. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they just went to Pinterest and was like, oh, of these course. are some good. This is what I did. <laughs> I manifested because my life in this way, liar. Oh, I'm so sick. Stole from people, and the fact that you know, even Bill came out to be like, "Oh, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't get rid of her just because of this." Da, da, da. Then came out to say, "Oh, he didn't know exactly what she did." I was like, "Then why are you opening your mouth?" Sit down. It oh actually reminds God. me of um, your yours and and Tolu's fave Bonang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, I, I, when her book came out from A to B. Mm. Girl, the grammatical errors, it was so bad. Like people were dragging her for filth. And what was even worse is when her when her MCC came out, which is um Mm. like South Africa's equivalent to um champagne, so like our sparkling wine. When Mm. it came out, there were typos all over the label, and people were like, Oh Oh, this is consistent. Like, didn't she read her own book? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big Monang fan. Wolang, if you ever, ever find this podcast, please don't block me because she is very quick with the block. Don't block me, okay? This is all coming from love. I want to be your friend who proofreads your work. <laughs> That's what I want to do for you. I want to proofread your work. You don't even have to. You don't even have to say anything on social media, okay? I'll just proofread your work for you, okay? Like, that is what I want to do for you as a friend. But uh, these celebrity books have been, like, celebrities have just been fumbling the bag. This is the same person who, oh, actually, no, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Tell us the thing, You know what? It has nothing to do with her political standing. I was going to, no, I was going to shame her for something that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I'll shame her in the next episode. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to be very wrong I was going to be very wrong in this context yeah yeah. but speaking of black women like okay so that we have some black women celebrities who are basically not the best they're far from good when it comes to um, that's why activism. you and I will never be famous hello <laughs> we talk too much we talk too much they will drag us. They'll be like, "What?" <laughs> They're still saying drag. We'll get caught. What are you talking about? Like, oh I, my god! I remember. I remember when I was still like super active in like student politics, and my mom was like, mm-hmm. "You need to stop because you're gonna get murdered." I need. You. <laughs> I need you to step back because if you seriously, <laughs> you won't mm-hmm. make thirty. They will kill you. Now, like with the fact that I'm leaving my job and stuff, like I, oh, I don't breaking have breaking news. I didn't know this. No, because I told you my contract with them ended. Oh, it's ending yeah. June thirtieth. Yeah. Yes. So I've been applying for jobs and all the stuff, but a part of me has just been kind of like, oh, let me just focus on the things that I really make me happy. Because also, if you look at LinkedIn and all this stuff, fuck, the job options are not appealing to me. Like, yeah. And I feel like I'm just done with feeling like the work that I'm doing isn't contributing enough to what I'm like, what how I envision the future and all this stuff. So like, now I'm just trying to figure out my next move. 
see, hopefully somebody, you know, is hiring a poor black girl soon. <laughs> they will. You're brilliant. So they will. Yeah. But I think okay. So another part of this conversation is like, so yeah. So I think as much as I hate a lot of the celebrity commentary, I think it is interesting how people are quicker to shame black women when they fumble. And even me, like, but a lot of them are fumbling hard, right? Like they are fumbling very hard and I just cannot deal with it. But I think it speaks to like larger things that we are seeing now. Not that we are seeing, but like have always ex- existed, right? Which is that like black women are disposable, yeah. right? Like where we sit in the world, we are, we are just like, it's crazy because I feel like we see everything that's happening around us in our communities. Like we understand very like viscerally what's happening, how it's impacting our brothers and our sisters and our friends and like all these people, but no one is actually like checking in to see how we are doing. Like even within our own communities, it's not happening. And it's, I think that has also been a part of this. Like I was so emotionally drained and exhausted when all of this started. And then, you know, with, um, with Oluwatoyin who just passed away, who was murdered and molested and who said that this person molested her and the police did nothing. Right. Like, and it, and it seems to like, like, first of all, we need to be talking about sexual violence within our communities. We need to be doing our, the work to protect each other. Um, and we need to be doing the work to see each other. And I think that that is a big part of this conversation as we think about like what Black Lives Matter really means, even outside the context of the United States, right? Like how we're showing solidarity with every Black body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like my- and I think, oh gosh, I hope I don't cry. But anyway, I think like also within the, even if we just look at the American context, at least from an, an outside observer looking in, or somebody who who hopes to be a, an an ally to the black community in in America, right? On the outside, looking in, like the responses and the attention that the deaths of black women get in America are significantly less mm-hmm. is significantly less than the response and the activism and the charge that is directed towards the death of black men, mm-hmm. and. And I, I I agree with you. I think that it speaks to the kind of double, I don't know what's the correct word, like the double jeopardy that we as black women face, black trans women even were more so, right? That mm-hmm. our lives, <clears throat> our lives are not valued. We are unseen. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the, the kind of extra work that black, black activists, black women activists in the American space have had to do to bring attention to the deaths of black women mm-hmm. in the same context, being murdered by police mm-hmm. um, and black trans women as well being murdered. And the, the, the effort that it takes to even get half, if that, of the attention that is targeted towards black men. And this is not a tit for tat situation, right? But it's an mm-hmm. honest, reflection and an honest observation of what we've seen and it, it's not an American thing it's a universal thing in that the bodies of black women are severely undervalued and unseen and I think it's always crickets when we're mm-hmm. asking men to come to the party when we're saying black lives matter but the lives of black women also matter like you guys aren't talking about that. It's not just mm-hmm. black men that are being murdered by the police. Black women are being murdered by the police. Black trans women are being murdered all of the time, all mm-hmm. over the world. Just recently, a black, uh, well, he probably wouldn't, I, I don't know if he'd identify as black, but he was a person of color. Was uh, We have the colored race in South Africa. I don't know. I know it's mm-hmm. not acceptable in America, but it is here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, colored race, a colored gay um, dancer and activist was found murdered in his home. And they came flats, murdered, stabbed to death. And it's crickets. The only people I see talking about it are other gay men and other 
um, black women. And oftentimes it's queer black women who are speaking about it, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, who comes to save us? Like we're always Mm -hmm. there to save everybody else. And for me at this time, the only people aside from my partner who have checked in on me are black women. Black, mm-hmm. black women who are also doing the labor, black women who are also fighting, black women who are doing this work all the time. And there's a lot of privilege in what I do because the work that I do is not in that space. So when I'm mm-hmm. at work, I have the luxury to disconnect until a white person says something stupid, right? But <laughs> not like it's not like <laughs> on me all the time. And I think like it's time for the black community to have a really honest conversation about how geez like how we're just not seen and like Mm -hmm. how being accountable as a community means that we really need to have a conversation about the violence that black men exert on our bodies and south africa is probably the worst place to live as a woman and more so as a black woman in the world Mm -hmm. we are the rape capital of the world and women Mm -hmm. a woman is murdered in south africa all the time by an intimate partner and femicide mm-hmm. was declared a national crisis, but nothing's been done. Like mm-hmm. nothing real has been done. Just recently another woman was found murdered. She was eight months pregnant and she was murdered and hung from a tree. I don't know if I've ever spoken about this on the podcast, but my cousin was murdered in broad daylight. She was shot. She was eight months pregnant and shot dead in the streets. And we still don't have justice as a family. And so it's like to live and exist as a black woman is to be con- to is to constantly be under siege, and mm-hmm. I just need black men to step up. Like, yeah, yeah. I need black. <laughs> and like I've said this before, jokingly on the platform, but really, black men are the weakest link. They really yeah. are consistent with their fuckery, mm-hmm. and and it's like and. And you some you oftentimes see black men say like, oh, we need to protect black women, we need to protect black women. But I come to realize that for them, protecting black women is like is all this patriarchal yep. shit that doesn't yep. matter. It's yep. like, oh, am I do- let me give her money, let me open the chair, let me pick her up for dinner, let me do all these things that don't matter, right? Like, and to me, protecting black women means actually hearing and listening to what they're saying, right? And like letting that be your guide, right? If black women are telling you that something is wrong within our community, something is wrong in terms of like how we are being addressed, how our issues are being addressed, like how do we like engage with that properly? I think that's what protecting black women looks like. Like it's so disappointing to me that like I I recently like you will engage with black men who will literally not know that sexual violence within the black community is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the first the first thing is like black women are not talking about sexual violence within the community. They're told not to talk about sexual violence within the community because it's like, oh, we can't let the white man know that like we're being assaulted. But now we're being assaulted by white men and we're also being assaulted by men within our communities, right? Because like of course, interpersonal violence is going to happen within the spaces where we most reside, right? Like, that's not something that is unique to white people or to Black people. Yeah. But what is unique is that Black women are very rarely believed when they come forward. And they're least likely to even come forward, right? But we know that the statistics of Black women being sexually assaulted, I think it's around, like, um... I don't want to give a number, but we're publishing it soon. I'm publishing it soon. So people look out for that. But the point is, it's that like, it's that like, even when we think about police brutality, the way that we think about police brutality in the United States is very limited because we're thinking about like, we're very, we're only thinking about a specific type of violence. When I was doing digging and research, like there's all this data about the rates of sexual assault by police officers. Mm. And we know, that black and brown communities are the most police. Mm. Black and brown women are the most vulnerable in these spaces. There are way more black and brown women within pr- the prison s- the prison system. So the likelihood that like if we if police stations, if police departments were actually being transparent with the data, that's the problem is that they're not being transparent with the data in terms of like claims of sexual assault, but sexual assault is the second highest complaint 
against police officers Mm. outside of police misconduct or outside of police brutality, whatever. Mm. That like, then we'll realize that like, if we expand what police brutality means, then like sexual assault has to automatically fall into that, which means Mm. then we actually have to start thinking about Black women and we have to start thinking about queer Black women and we have to start thinking about, we have to start thinking about like everybody. Yeah. And the thing that talked to me recently is that apparently... Some black men say are saying that like it's like a all lives matter discussion. And I also think I also think that what I'm coming to learn and what bothers me the most about black men is also this very they have a very paternalistic perspective mm-hmm. besides besides mm-hmm. the very like patriarchal perspective about what it looks like to protect black women. It's also very paternalistic and condescending mm-hmm. understanding of what it is that we need from them and actually what we we would want as a start is for them to be accountable like be accountable for the violence that you exert on us and also Mm -hmm. understand that just because you're a nice guy does not absolve you of Mm -hmm. all of the sexist conversations that you've had all of Mm -hmm. the genre that you've participated in all of Mm -hmm. the derogatory statements that you've witnessed and said nothing about it doesn't absolve Mm -hmm. you just because it didn't come out of your mouth doesn't absolve you right and mm-hmm. also, like, I'm starting to see, it's not even starting, I've seen it, but, like, it feels to me like black men don't actually, are not interested in dismantling the system, right? Of course they not, because want, they get benefits from patriarchy. They, they want to redesign a system where they're not judged based on race. And still hold on exactly. to the, the power that the patriarchy gives them, right? And the power that mm-hmm. um, being, and this is specifically cis-hit men, right? They have this deep desire to topple the system, but not really topple the system, just redesign the system in a way that puts them at the top. Mm-hmm. And that's why, personally, I have just decided I'm not talking to black men anymore. Like, I don't need to. <laughs> I want to, like, I just, I, I, and I posted this on my Instagram the other day saying, like, every time they post, like, South African men have this thing called, we need to do better, gents. Every time another woman is murdered, it's, oh, guys, we need to do better. Oh, gents, we need to do better. And I'm like, every time I see that, it makes me vomit in my mouth. Because mm. it can't be we need to do better, gents, and then crickets every fucking year. Are you joking? Mm-hmm. So personally, I'm just not talking to black men anymore. Like it's just, like mm-hmm. unless you're somebody in my intimate circle who I genuinely care about, and if you are somebody who's in my intimate circle, then for me there's certain conversations I don't need to. There's certain ex- like things mm-hmm. that I don't need to explain to you. But the other raggedy boys from <laughs> around the, the way and from university <laughs> and school, and I am not engaging. And they'll always come to you with this thing of like. I'm just being devil's advocate. Like, just teach me. It's like, are you on crack? The devil has a whole system supporting him. He doesn't need more advocates. Please. No, but I need you to advocate. Yeah, they want to be devil's advocates about, like, they draw, they think that it's okay for them to draw the line at rape and murder. Like, that's Mm. where they draw the line. It's like murder. Mm. But they don't understand that all the shit that they do as the boys. I'm saying like a lot of them will always feel like they draw the line at rape and murder, right? But they always have they don't understand that all of the things that they do with the boys and the the guys and hanging out and all the shit that they do that is so deeply entrenched in rape culture builds up to all of that. And like they need mm-hmm. to understand that like just because your understanding of rape is that the dark homeless boogeyman person somewhere violently assaulting a woman does not mean it's true does that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that that is the definition of rape and you Mm -hmm. need to listen to women and it can't be that the only time you feel like rape is an issue rape is a challenge is when the person who is a victim fits your frame of what a survivor of sexual assault should be right and it's Mm -hmm. like you know what they bore me basically that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, no, but you're right. So like, it's like it's even it's almost it's almost comparable to how like white women and white people are now just having their like wake awakening because it feels like black men are not going to realize 
how detrimental it is until there is some type of like burning of things, until there is something like really drastic that happens. And even then, it won't even be an understanding. It won't even be an interest, right? Like at this point, I just feel like, like, I don't know what the point is of even trying to engage them anymore. Yeah. That's right? Funny. Like it almost, it feels like, like at this point, like if you're not listening, if the only women you want to respect, oh, I became a better person because of my mom and my, and my daughter, right? Like that's when it's like, it's strange, right? But you still kicking when Future was calling someone's daughter an animal. You were still kicking when some other rapper told a female rapper who was pregnant with his child a while ago that he wishes she dies during childbirth. <gasps> that's what he said to her. And people were kicking. It made it to the shade room and they thought it was funny. People were kicking. It's like, but it's okay, right? Because black women's trauma doesn't matter. That's what you have to come to. It's like, they don't care because it doesn't directly affect them. Mm. The only thing they care about, like you said, like the only thing they care about is eventually being on top. It's why they won't engage properly with sexual assault. Mm. It's why they won't talk about income disparities because they're like, oh, but we're making less. Like, oh no, but we're supposed to be the man in the house. Like, I don't give a fuck about all of that. Mm. Having conversations about Black Lives Matter and you don't understand that Black Lives Matter can't center Black heterosexual men, then why we don't even need to be at the same protest. Yep. Right? Because they just call it what it is. Black straight men's lives matter. (laughs) Right? Black heterosexual men matter. (laughs) That. Black, cisgendered, heterosexual, it's a long-ass hashtag, but call it what it is. Like, call it what it is. And you know what? The thing is, this is like generational, right? In every Mm -hmm. single civil rights movement in the world, in every single movement, like, it's always like, okay, we need the women to come to the party. Just wait. We'll get to the woman stuff. Like, mm-hmm. we just need you guys to fight with us on this thing and we will get. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, like some of the people who are <laughs> at the forefront of all of these movements are beating and raping women every day and then going mm-hmm. out and like leading these movements. And it's like, no, I'm just not. I'm, I am no longer willing to do that. Like, I'm no longer willing mm-hmm. to participate and engage with men who don't want an like a truly inclusive movement like a yeah. like we we can and we should have all of these discussions at the same mm-hmm. time because they all exist at mm-hmm. the same time and we experience mm-hmm. them simultaneously so you can't like mm-hmm. you can't compartmentalize and tell us like we just need to keep quiet about the black the the woman thing it's like yeah oh my gosh even if the the fismas fall movement in south africa mm-hmm. like so many of the guys who were the men who were at the forefront of like not so many, but one in particular was identified on the, 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 the rape list. Right. And mm-hmm. he was like at the forefront of the movement and he was, uh, he was, um, he was accused of assaulting a woman who was also part of the leadership of the Fismas Fall mm-hmm. movement. And it's like, this is the problem. Like this mm-hmm. is, the, and this is why we have to have all of these discussions at the same time. And this mm-hmm. is why I don't really want to talk to black men anymore. Like I'm tired. <laughs> That's Honestly, I'm going to end up only talking to black women by the rate of. <laughs> That's basically who I talk to exactly. now. Honestly, they are my source of joy, my source of happiness, my source of like, few like pop activism like like and that's what I, I was thinking about the other day that time we were talking at SOAS and we were walking with um Mpumi mm. and I was like you know those the guys that you guys are seeing like they're so like they're lucky mm. to be with women who are as aware and like conscious as the two of you right like because that's a blessing right there to just have women who are like vigilant right like they understand what's happening and they're and they're willing to share that understanding with you because i don't think you have to right like mm. this idea of like, oh teach us teach us no i don't want to teach you about all the shit that's happening to black women that you guys aren't listening like like i don't even know what to say it's just uh, do you know what annoys me so, like what irritates me so much is that sometimes like as a woman you'll have this whole history of doing the work and people will bring down 
Mm. boil down your entire existence to the fact that you're tied to a man first of all Mm -hmm. i didn't choose to be heterosexual okay Mm -hmm. we all know that dating men is risky literally my life (laughs) my actual life not just psychological but actual physical well-being is at risk by dating men okay so let's just Mm -hmm. put that out there and then secondly just because i'm dating a, a a heterosexual man does not mean that I somehow forget. Like, I don't forget that men are trash. You don't Mm. forget that. And it does not absolve my partner from all of the shit that I call other men out on. Like, it just does not. It's just, he's doing the work on his own as well. Like, it's not just this unilateral labor of me carrying. I'm not a strong black woman woman from the growing from the soil of the African earth fucking all that shit that they put on us and it's like no I'm fragile I Mm -hmm. this whole thing is not built in my favor and he knows how to covet and take care of me in that and he does it well and so when I say men are trash don't ask me what about my man because you will get blocked so yeah it's Everybody's ridiculous. trash. All men are All of trash. them. People will be like, All your daddy, he's trash too. <laughs> I understand men are trash in the same way that I understand that all white people are racist, right? Like, and that's that's a part of the conversation that people aren't having, right? Like, we try to not all white people are racist, only some white people are racist. No, only some white people act on their racism, mm. but all white people are racist, mm. just like all men are trash, mm. and you are trash <laughs> because you are benefiting from a system because you consciously and unconsciously benefit from a system, right? Mm. And there are ways that this patriarchal system is almost embedded in in who you are Mm. as a man. The way you speak, the way you carry yourself, the types of things that you might not even recognize that are doing the work of silencing other women, right? Specifically Black women. And so it's about thinking consciously about that, right? Like, we are all... In some capacity, if I'm I'm not a queer person, and as a result, like I think there the likelihood is that all of us who are heterosexual are likely homophobic, mm-hmm. and it's being able to call out that homophobia, mm-hmm. right? That internalized homophobia that we all are like because we've ingrained to mm-hmm. think that heterosexual is the thing at the top, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what's supposed to be the normal. That's supposed to be the normal. All mm-hmm. And even as much as I like critique the fact that that shouldn't be the norm and that's incorrect there are still parts of me and the ways that i carry myself that might be silencing other queer people and it's mm-hmm. being conscious of that mm-hmm. that there's a work there there are things about me that i that i have to work on that i need to be quick to think about right and in, in how i operate and how i move because i don't want to do do the work of silencing people and that's the thing right like that's what distinguishes that's what distinguishes a white person who understands that all white people are racist, but actually they're doing the everyday work. Mm. They're thinking and being critical and they're trying to engage and they understand when they fucked up and they made mistakes, right? Like we have to call out those things and we have to be comfortable with that. And I think that the a part of the problem with black men is that they're not prepared to call out the fucked up shit, right? Like they're not prepared to do that because that means also checking the privileges that they have, right? Like there are, Black men do have privilege, but that privilege isn't tied to their race. That privilege is tied to the fact that they're men. They're, that's tied to masculinity. And they're not ready to engage on that level. <laughs> they don't want to. Like, they just, they don't want to. And so I don't need to want to talk to them either. <laughs> I don't want to. Like, they'll be, like, texting you being like, oh, my gosh, it's so horrible what happened. Like, Meanwhile, you guys are still friends with the guy who climbed on top of me in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that's foul. It's foul mm-hmm. and it's evil. Like, it's evil. It's evil. How mm-hmm. do you do that? Like, how do you do that? And then purport to be my friend. And, yeah, I just, I look at black men some type of way at this point. It's like, just side eye. Stop lying. Every time I care about us. Because you don't. Every time Black men said something. I'm always like, oh, just please free us. We gotta protect our sisters. Free us, please. These people who aren't doing who are doing this aren't real men. I'm like, no, they're real men. They're real. (laughs) These animals that are doing this to our sisters. No, not animals. Men say it. It's men. 
Kiki. It's your friends. It's your boy. And like this, okay, quickly, quick story. This big, um, like popular South African celebrity, mm-hmm. as he's only famous on Twitter. Um, he he tweeted the other day, like when this a whole gender-based violence in South Africa thing came up again, yet again, because another high-profile murder case came up. Um, and he tweeted about how, like, he wishes, oh gosh, Onyeka, he wishes he could use his tools to craft a world where women, you know, weren't being abused and murdered. Like, but like his tools only go so far. He's a marketing person, just by the way. So these are the tools. (laughs) And this is no slight to marketing people, please. Um, he wishes he could use his tools to just, you know, just carve a different world where women didn't need to go through this. Do you know what happened? Somebody what? took a screenshot of a WhatsApp conversation where he had messaged this one woman who um, had excommunicated a known abuser, a man who had been called out by his ex-girlfriend for domestic violence. And this guy is like very popular on social media. He's like a chef. I don't know. He didn't study. So he's a cook. I don't know what the mm. difference is. He's a cook. Um, very popular, attractive, well, 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 apparently he's not that well off, but he purports to be. Um, man on, and this guy had been called out. And this this marketing guy then responded to this woman saying, like, I know you guys don't like him anymore because he, you know, because of all these allegations against him, but I can't excommunicate him. He's done so much for my career. He's been such a good friend to me, but like, I, 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 I hope you basically like just gaslighting the fuck out of these women. Like mm. I, he has done so much for me. I'm not going to, mind you, he's known this ma- man for probably a few months, this man that he's mm. not willing to excommunicate out of his life. Then he comes onto social media and says this shit. So this woman screenshot the conversation and put it on his Twitter and, say, and replied to him and said, is this you really? So <laughs> with like this you know the typical public statement i'm sorry i take responsibility and people were like keep your responsibility in back like and this is what i mean this is exactly what i mean like they'll be retweeting all of these like we are for women sharing all mm-hmm. of the posts but back at the ranch you guys are still hanging out with known abusers who have been named and shamed on social media and you people still hang out with them and he's still one of your boys because you're not willing to take the cost, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not willing to make the sacrifice that is actually required to be a real ally and to really show up for black women. So why do I need to talk to to you? Why? I don't need Mm -hmm. to talk to you. No. Mm -mm. The struggle (laughs) must continue. The community. This struggle has been carried on the backs of black women for so long. Like, I don't need to talk to her. I just <laughs> people who still have capacity to engage can engage. Personally, as Lizzie Kumani Joyza, I no longer gave <laughs> her whole government name. No, my full. In fact, I'd even give you my ID number if I thought that you you people wouldn't commit fraud against my name. <laughs> I'm done. I'm yeah, done. yeah, and I think I think for Black women, it's like you know we just need to be able to take a break and to like breathe and like yeah. just step back. Yeah. Like we can't fight every fight. And like mm-hmm. sometimes it means like just laying in your bed and just like letting the tears come or like talking to your friends. Like it really just means understanding that like shit, we have to stop being surprised when these men disappoint us. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to continue to disappoint us and we're still going to be there picking up all the pieces and everything. It's just uh, by ourselves. So <laughs> by ourselves. All the time. And I'm just no. They're very consistent also with their disappointment. It's very consistent. Mm. It doesn't take very long. It was literally this guy tweeted that thing and like a few minutes later, um, the lady took a screenshot and shared it and I was like, Oh, well, this is not so and I wasn't surprised. People were surprised. I was like, Why are you surprised? This is on brand for men like they will say Mm -hmm. and now it's like they've morphed into these creatures who say the right thing on social media because it looks a certain way and the social capital the social capital of exactly 
because there's social capital now in being seen as somebody who gives a shit, right? Mm-hmm. But like, again, back at the ranch on their WhatsApp group, <laughs> the truth and the rea- like the reality of it all is just. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Fuck those guys, man. No, I think my one thing is just to black women, take care of yourselves, take care of your peace. Um, you Like Onye said, you don't have to show up for every fight. We really don't. Yeah. Um, find spaces of comfort and um, you're not crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be my last piece too, is uh, you're not crazy, honestly. It's like... Girl, and you're not alone. And so, like, I definitely encourage people to, like, community with other women of color because that has definitely been my my healing space. Mm. And with that, we're out! Bye! From her own lips. From her own lips. From her own lips. The red lips, these red lips, flowers with flames. From her own lips. From her own lips. The red lips, through my red lips, I am coming to wake you up.